Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. BC Nation, I decided to do something different today. So on today's show, I'm not going to interview anyone. Instead, I'm going to have a professional interview me. Uh, to share my story of brokenness, uh, to redemption, of uh, misery, to God's wonderful uh, miracles in my life. I hope it inspires you in some way. My good friend, Ryan Haley, who's a top podcaster, he runs A Better Way podcast, uh, had me on the show. He did a great job, I think, of interviewing me, asking me those tough questions that I normally ask my guests. Uh, so I get to be on the hot seat today. I really hope that this story inspires you, that God has a story for you, that God has a plan for you. You're in it right now. Keep going. Do not quit. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to A Better Way Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Haley. And this week, I have the pleasure of interviewing Joseph Warren from Broken Catholic, a very popular podcast about faith and spirituality. And Joseph, it's great to have you on the show. Now, obviously, right now you have, um, you know, a podcast has become a very important part of your life and that brings you a lot of joy and fulfillment, but you also have a coaching business similar to me. So um, I want to talk about what you're doing with that, but I wanted to start from this place that you mentioned before we started recording um, about how you had uh, a very profitable and comfortable business that gave you a ton of time and freedom and kind of inexplicably didn't really have a lot of joy or fulfillment with that and had this sense that God was telling you to give that up and go into the unknown. And uh, I can certainly uh, relate to that whole story a lot myself. So um, why don't you start from that point? You mentioned, I think 2019 was the, the year that you did that. Tell us a little bit about what that business was um, and you know, share with people who can probably understand some of the ins and outs of the business metrics um, because it's a, it's a compelling testimony as we'll see in a second and, um, and share your, your kind of thoughts, the, the inner monologue, if you will, um, as you're walking that journey with the Holy spirit. I was in the commercial real estate industry here in Tampa Bay, Florida, USA. And I brought co-working the co-working model, office rentals for entrepreneurs, business folks, uh, to the Tampa Bay area. So I kind so of nobody had done that before you got there in Tampa. 
Correct. So wow, that's a big deal. For people who don't know what the co-working space is, that's a pretty big movement where people will, like he said, come together. You know, you kind of split. You have many people, different uh, professionals or uh, companies working in one shared uh, space, and it's a, it's a pretty great model. I I actually work for a startup in Vail, Colorado, that did that, and we've got one here in Woodland Park, believe it or not. So, but that's a big deal because I mean, uh, a big city like Tampa, for you to be the first one in that space, uh, that. That's significant. So I just want to lay a little bit of context for the listeners on that. And what year was that that you brought that co-working model to Tampa? I want to say 2010. Okay. So you were definitely very early stage in that. Yeah, for sure. And just like any business owner listening to the show that has pioneered uh, a new model in your city, uh, to be a first adopter or to find the other first adopters takes something. And it takes time and a lot of perseverance and a lot of discouragement and disappointment comes with that. And many times when you're the first mover um, in your space, you tend to not reap the big reward. Uh, It's the guy or a gal after you uh, that tends to, right? So I was really um, pushing and, and perfecting that model. And we were very clueless around it. We were just very excited about it. We started popping up really early in other cities um, across the world, actually. And we we're like, man, what, what would that look like if we could do that here? And we were our own client, I guess, because we, I had just started a new consultancy with a team and we were working at a coffee shops uh, just early on pre-revenue and so we were like, man, we want a space for us, a shared office space where we could work with other people, get inspired by each other, uh, just be curious with each other. And so that's that was the why behind it. And we pushed and pushed and pushed. And eventually, uh, you know, after trying to get investors to uh, put up some capital to open up this you know, commercial space, uh, we just had no luck around that. Nobody here in the South really bought into the model. Uh, they didn't understand it. It was too progressive, et cetera. So that's what we were up against. So eventually we ended up self-funding and um, just bootstrapping it ourselves, and stopped relying on others and waiting around. It was just like, all right, eventually we just got to do this. So we did. And uh, it took about five years, um, uh, about three years before it started to really start to grab hold and, and get some uh, traction in the local area, people started to understand the concept. They were then willing to pay for the concept rather than a free coffee shop uh, to do all their meetings. And, you know, about year three, I, I would say, uh, you know, the revenue started to come in nicely. Um, and then we started to become profitable. And between year three to five, it, it got much better. And then we started a hockey stick. Um, I was very good. So by year five, I would say I had. What is the hockey stick for people who may not be familiar with that term? Oh, sorry. Uh, it the profits uh, started to skyrocket, um, or go vertical, go north. That's what you want in business, right? <laughs> and uh, we were competing against uh, the big boys, um, other traditional executive suite models. Uh, think Regis, which is a worldwide company in the billions they do. And that was the big boy I was playing against in my local city. And they were uh, in spending $50,000 a month in um, uh, SEO. Um, wow. 
you know, just for local search to come up, you know, top ads and all that stuff. So I was competing against them and I didn't have that budget, 50 grand a month. So we ended up doing organic and I hired some of my own co-working members who were in the SEO space, local search. And I, you know, did some perks and some trades with them and they got us ranked really high organically where Google search, Google maps became my number one source of leads and new clients oh, wow. for our business. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And really focusing on local reviews and, you know, Regis and the other players, they were not focused on that. So I said, you know, I'm going to become number one when it comes to Google maps and Google reviews, uh, because everybody was starting to look at their cell phones when they were picking a restaurant, when they were picking a recommendation, it was all based on reviews. So I saw that market trend and really targeted that. So we ended up uh, focusing that we did very well. Uh, We ended up doubling and tripling the amount of reviews of any competitor, uh, quadrupling, uh, you know, with some of them, the big boys like Regis. So when even when you looked at Regis, when you search for office space Tampa, or office rental Tampa, or co working Tampa, or shared office space Tampa, you would get Regis come up and big name brand recognition. But then you had this other company called co-creative that came up, but Regis had 36 reviews. Co-creative had a hundred reviews, five-star reviews. And you're like, well, wait a second. I haven't heard of them, but now I'm curious. Why are all Hmm. these people talking about them? So I really dominated. You said a couple of things that I think are worth diving into there. Sure. Uh, Number one, I like that uh, you kind of were eating your own cooking, so to speak, right? By reaping the benefits of the co-working space model which is great, right? Because that's kind of the idea of the co-working space is number one, you know, you can kind of like pool the expenses together and it's not as, you know, expensive for each individual person. But one of the things I love about working in a co-working space is that you do have that interaction with other people that you wouldn't otherwise meet, but you're in that same space. So you start naturally, it fosters collaboration and, you know, referrals, lead generation and partnerships. And that's what you also talked about with you know, these guys who work in the SEO space um, that you saw was really important. So uh, I love that um, that is, you know, one of the benefits to me of the co-working model. And most importantly, that you were personally benefiting from it in your own business by using it, which I think is super powerful. You know, that's something that the Lord has shown me over and over is if I haven't personally experienced and benefited from what I'm talking about, then I have no business, you know, sharing that with other people. If I'm just peddling on the truth, so to speak. I agree. I believe, Ryan, you have to, you have to believe in your own product, Yeah. which means you have to be your own customer. And if you're not willing to do it yourself, you have no right to ask someone else to invest in it. Absolutely. I love that. That brings a lot of credibility and and, uh, integrity to the model. And then secondly, what I love what you did was, okay, you know, you're up against an international major uh, business that's really well recognized in the space. So you didn't try to compete on their level, but you saw a niche, a little opening, a creative way to gain a competitive advantage through these um, reviews, the very local specific focus, and then also, you know, the, uh, the Google Maps. You know, that's not necessarily something that somebody would think of as like a number one, you know, uh, marketing or advertising tool, but you, um, it, it kind of reminds me of David and Goliath, right? Like you, you, were, you were David, Regis is Goliath. And you um, didn't try to wear Saul's armor on the battlefield. You did what you were comfortable with, uh, the, just the, the slingshot and the, 
the stones. And, um, and that's just a great, you know, practice. Okay, guys, you know, I know this is a, we usually talk about a lot of spiritual things in here, but remember, it's where the supernatural meets the practical. So we're not going to get scared about talking about practical business things. And, and Joseph, clearly you've got an entrepreneurial mind, um, kind of just an intuitive sense for business. And, and obviously that paid off. And so um, I just kind of wanted to interject those things. But now you're talking about you're in year five or so. You hit that hockey stick inflection point on the curve where uh, profits start going vertical. That's awesome. What year is that approximately? Mm. Uh, I guess I want to say 2015. Okay. Um, 2016, 17, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so I started to finally reap the benefits. And at this point, uh, I was able to buy out a business partner um, as well. So now my personal, my net income uh, started to increase. So that was, that was good. Um, and I, I got to a place where my personal life, well, my business was working. My business was starting to win. And it wasn't my first successful business. Um, plus, I had many failed businesses along the way. <laughs> so I had one early success when I was 19 years old. And then wow. 10, 11 failed businesses uh, before this next one. <laughs> wow. Just, just to give you perspective, right? So it yeah. really takes something. Um, so this one's starting to win. But what I realized was that I was just very dissatisfied in my personal life. I was a bachelor at the time, single, and I was out chasing girls and, and just playing that whole game and, um, you know, using the money and, and my success uh, for my own pleasure, my own selfish desires, really. And it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. But uh, over time, it just became really unfulfilling. Mm. It was like a, uh, a bottomless pit I was trying to fill. Wow. Um, that could never be filled. Right. And I refer to it this way. There was a God sized hole in my heart that I was trying to fill with non-godly things, yep. uh, worldly things. There was a spiritual um, emptiness that I'm trying to fill with physical things, material things. It's right. impossible. And many of us do this in the business space. Uh, we try to find that spiritual happiness and spiritual fulfillment uh, through getting the bigger boat, the bigger house, the bigger, the better car, um, the success, and just flaunting the Rolexes and, and and everything. And it's like it it never, never, ever will um, fulfill those needs because they're spiritual needs, not physical needs. So that was a powerful lesson. I didn't really get it at the time. It was a complete blind spot for me. Right. All I knew was, man, nothing's working. Like my business is working, but my personal life is not working. And for people who don't have an experience, that level of quote unquote success, which that's a buzzword I want to come back to in a second. Um, but it seems unimaginable, right? If, you, if you've lived in poverty your whole life, or maybe you haven't lived in poverty, but you haven't experienced like, you know, a lot of money and especially money, freedom and time freedom at the same time. It, it seems like this is just that, thing that you hear people say, but it's not really real. You know, um, the thing that I've learned is that the more that you uh, go up Maslow's hierarchy, so to speak, right, of from like survival to stability to now, you know, you're thriving and um, you've got abundance in, in at least certain areas. Um, it, it really is amazing how quickly uh, once you get those things you thought were going to be the answer, um, how quickly that 
uh, bubble is popped because you realize, oh my gosh, that's, that's not actually the answer. And um, it's hard to imagine, you know, if you're in a place where you don't have those things and you think that it seems so obvious that's going to be like your big ticket. But it's, as you said, it's not the case. And that comes back to that word success. We're going to, we're going to revisit and redefine because you, I mean, look, you had worked hard. There's, there's an inherent joy of seeing um, a business or something that you've created from scratch, like your baby starts to grow and be healthy and mature. You know, there's a pride of ownership in that. Um, but as you said, uh, there's a difference I like to say between goods, between success and good success, as the Lord, you know, mentions in um, the, you know, as, as Joshua is, is getting ready to take the land and God talks him, you know, about that he's going to get good success or God's success. And we're going to revisit that in the, on the flip side of where we're going on this contrast here. But um, I, I think just think that's really interesting and important to point out to people is that you've worked hard, you're, you know, things are going well, you've succeeded in your own estimation of what that means, and yet you're empty and unfulfilled. I think you said it really well. My wallet was full. Yeah. My heart was empty. Wow. Amen. Wow. And what that looked like in practical terms was I had a lot of broken relationships and relationships I've come to learn are everything. Yeah. They're the reason for, for life. It's where our joy, our fulfillment comes from. It's our relationships with others and with God. Mm. I didn't know that back then. Yeah. So I was trying to, again, I thought filling my wallet would do it and it didn't. It didn't. So you alluded earlier that we get to the place where the bubble pops and we're like, oh man, I thought this was going to work. I'm at the top. Why isn't it working? But here's what's interesting. I and others, and I get to coach a lot of these individuals that are very successful at the top and they, the bubble pops, so to speak. The natural process is not to go, oh crap, this isn't working. Let me change my approach. That's not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we double down. <laughs> we double down and we say, well, obviously I need to work harder or I yep. need to accumulate more stuff. Right. Then I'll be happy. If I get that next car, if I get that bigger house, then I'll be happy. Right. I've, I've done it. My clients do it. They're still not happy. And yep. again, it goes back to you're trying to fill spiritual needs with physical things. It will never work. Yeah. So that's what I did. I doubled down and I just went for more, 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 more. So I, that, that looked like more uh, dating, more girls, more pleasure, more um, just getting mine, so to speak, and uh, spending the money, et cetera. And it wasn't working. It really wasn't working. So I finally got to a place where I was still going to church on Sunday, but I wasn't really living it in my Monday through Saturday, right? Like many Christians. That's why non-Christians look at us like hypocrites, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I got to a place where I said a prayer and I, I call it my stupid prayer, my really dumb prayer. <laughs> and I, it went something like this. I said, God or Father, Heavenly Father, um, if there's anything blocking your plan for my life, I give you permission to remove it. Dangerous prayer. And here's the dumb part. I said, and use force if necessary. <laughs> and then I did in the name of Jesus, right? And, and I finished and I was done with it. Not thinking anything. 
about it, that God would actually answer that prayer. But that's a prayer that God will always answer because it's very aligned with his will for every one of his children that he loves. So two weeks after that prayer, my business shifted dramatically. But before I tell you how it shifted dramatically, I really want to paint a picture of where I got it to. And it was very profitable. I was turning the same profit margin as Regis. Wow. And that was a goal of mine, right? So not the same gross revenue, but the same profit margin. Right. As a very established, very old, international, multi-billion dollar company, I hit the same profit margin in my niche. And that was success to me, right? I did it. Awesome. And then I automated my entire business so that I could fully step out of it. And I know for some of your business listeners, that's a goal is yeah. time freedom, right? And none yeah. of us, none of us know how to get it. And we're just like, what the heck? I got the money, but I'm still working like a slave in my own business. And that's problematic. <laughs> so I didn't want that, right? And so I really right. focused on automation. What can I automate? What are all those tasks and to-dos I can automate that I don't need to do? And I got my business not only to the same profit margin as my number one biggest competitor, but I also got my business to where I was only working two hours per week in my business. Two hours. Two hours per week. Wow. Two hours per week. And I was playing hooky the rest of the time. <laughs> so those two hours look like me coming in from my team meeting and asking my team, what do you need? What's working? What's not working? What can I help with? That's it. And then I would just give them the resources and then I'd go back to playing hooky and then see you next week. And I collected a nice paycheck out of that, right? So that's kind of an ideal scenario for any business owner. That's incredible. Just for anybody who doesn't fully appreciate that, getting a business to scale and to the level of profitability that you talked about, but then to be able to do that while only working two hours a week. I mean, that's, that is staggering. Like, you know, it really is. You're so right. I mean, I run one of the top 100 podcasts in business and entrepreneurship, and I interview a lot of successful people. Some of them did 250 million last year. They wow. still work 40, 50, 60, 80 hour weeks. Exactly. To me, that's, is that freedom? Yeah, you got money, but you can't really have time to spend it. So anyway, going back to that, uh, I said that prayer and God answered two weeks later. What it looked like was this. So again, painting that picture, business is automated. I'm working two hours a week. I had automated uh, mostly the front end of my business where all my leads are coming from, from Google Maps, right? And then people self-book and schedule tours to come in and tour our our, our shared office space. Um, I have my team running it, et cetera, whatever. And at this point, um, all of a sudden, my 10 highest uh, revenue office clients all give me 30 days notice. Wow. They're, They're moving out. Well, that was like pretty much all my profit. And I was like, what the heck? Did we do something wrong? What happened? How do I correct this? Let me meet with each of them and see what do we make better? What's not working for you, right? How do we really serve you better so that you don't leave and take my money with you? (laughs) That's the end of it. Right. And I sat down with each of them or called them and it was all the same thing. They had become so successful using our model, our shared space, that they grown to a level of outgrowing us. 
Huh. And it was the perfect storm of my 10 highest revenue ones all doing it at the same time. <laughs> you can't orchestrate that. Right, right. That's right? a little too much of a coincidence that all 10 of your top revenue generating clients at the same time. I mean, you kind of have to wonder, I, even if you're a hardened skeptic out there, you know, uh, who doesn't necessarily... Uh, believe in or gravitate to the spiritual part of it from a business perspective. If you are a business owner or you've been an entrepreneur, you have to be honest with yourself that the timing of that prayer and the statistical probability of the top 10 revenue generating clients at the same time, giving the 30 day notice that is the, you know, as we say in statistics, the P value of that is extremely small. That is, you cannot statistically chalk that up to significant to a, a coincidence. Now you can make your own conclusions, but Joseph, we know that you prayed a very dangerous and bold prayer right before that. So that's one of the things I'd like to hone in on this podcast is the direct connection between prayer and business results. And this yes. one looks like a bad one right now. We're going to go into that, but just put a pin in that, guys, and remember that how this started because this is significant right here. It really is. And you said that well, Ryan, that statistically it's very improbable, this scenario, two weeks after that prayer. Well, let's turn it statistically impossible because <laughs> it didn't stop there. So that's the back end of my business. That's my profit, right? And I watch it walk out the door and there's nothing I can do it do about it because literally all my clients were winning. <laughs> And they, the, they finally were able to build their building and move into their space because they had grown their team out of my space, right? And it worked, right? So you can't stop them. Like, that's why they came. Yeah. I yeah, got them the result. I got them really what they paid for. They just yeah. all did it at the same time, which really hurt my revenue. So then the front end of my business shut off. And here's what I mean. All my leads came from Google Maps, local search, like I said. People would book tours. We'd bring them in for sales conversations. We'd close them. they become clients. All of a sudden, the phone stopped ringing. Cold. That hadn't happened. Like ever. <laughs> like literally, that week, two weeks later, the phone just stopped ringing. And there was no calls coming in. So I go in and I check in all the dials, what dial broke, what happened, is there a leak somewhere? Nothing was wrong with the dials. Everything was working on Google Maps, Google Search, our SEO, nothing had changed and nobody had touched anything. Just the phone stopped ringing and tours stopped coming in. So now the front end of my business shuts off like a faucet. It was almost like someone wrapped their hand around the, the spigot <laughs> turned it off, like literally right. turned it off. There wasn't right. even a drip. And I'm like, right. what the heck? The back end of my business just went, my profit went. Now the front end, my leads, my new revenue just shut off. I don't get it. So what do I do? Well, I'm a business guy and I've learned over time not to trust my own in intuition, intellect, or my gut. Um, even though that's what people tell you. No, I actually believe in what the Bible says you know, seek wise counsel and you will prosper. Like, so I reached out to my Christian, highly successful business buddies. And I reached out to my agnostic, agnostic, highly successful business buddies and my atheists, highly successful business buddies. And I said, guys, here's the scenario. Here's what happened. What do I do? 
you're smarter than me. What am I missing? And all of them, they ask some clarifying questions one at a time, right? Separate meetings, separate calls. Right. And all of them were like, dude, the statistical probability, like you said, <laughs> of this happening is like the perfect storm. Like this doesn't happen. And you didn't touch anything. I was like, nope. And everything's working still the way it was two weeks ago. I was like, yep. They're like, honestly, I don't know what to say. Those were the skeptical atheist agnostics. The, the Christian <laughs> like, oh, ones. Wait, guys, I did not know this. Joseph and I are talking about this story for the first time. So that's kind of funny that we got confirmation from the atheists and the agnostics as well. For sure. It is. It's so it's so striking. That is such an extreme scenario. But remember what you prayed. God, remove anything that's holding me back from getting closer to you and growing. Use force if necessary. That's and correct. because you invited him into that, he was happy to oblige, but I think that's really important too, that before people start getting this weird kind of sovereignty, um, you know, bizarre view of God, like he did what he did in response to what you asked of him. Well said, well said. I, I say it this way. God is the ultimate gentle, gentleman. Yeah. God will never trump our free will. Right. He gives us two great gifts in for, for each of us. He gives us life and then he gives us free will. How we mm -hmm. use our free will determines how our life goes. Right. So up till then, I was not using my free will for anything really good other than my own selfish desires, really right. to glorify Joseph in, right. in my life. But I hadn't been using it to glorify him, the God who I said I believed in. Hmm. And by that asking that prayer and giving God permission, see, this is very counterintuitive for a lot of us in the spiritual place. What do you mean I'm going to give God permission? He's God. He doesn't need permission. No, he doesn't, but he loves and respects his children enough that he waits for it because he's the ultimate gentleman. A gentleman asks permission and God asks permission from his children and he waits for us. And until you give him permission to enter that addiction that you're struggling with or to enter that broken communication with your spouse that you just can't figure out and you've tried everything or to enter your financial crises and you're, you're struggling and you're trying to figure it out on your own until you give God permission to come in and take over, take over control. He will just wait on the sidelines yep. and watch you hit rock bottom. Yep. Painfully watch and it will hurt him to watch yeah, you do yeah. it, Absolutely true. but he will. Yeah. And, and you've probably had this experience in your own life, Ryan, multiple times I have as well. So God's the ultimate gentleman. So I invite him and I gave him permission and then he entered in and he took over and he literally started touching the dials in my business that were working and he started shifting things in a way I did not like. Yeah. And I didn't get it. So when I consulted with my Christian entrepreneur business buddies and I said, what do I do? What's happening? They said, Joseph, this is like supernatural, dude. Seriously. Like there's nothing that makes sense here. Mm -hmm. From a business perspective, you told right. me the whole scenario. I get it. It doesn't make any sense. That thing should have worked. What you did here should have worked. What you did here should have worked. I don't have advice for you other than you prayed that dangerous prayer. <laughs> I think this is God taking over. Wow. And I think he wants you out of the business and he's making it very clear. Right. And I was like, what? Well, I didn't like that answer. <laughs> Just to be real, I didn't like that answer because that wasn't part of my plan, even in giving God permission. I didn't like what he was doing. 
well, God, if I give you permission for my successful business and to take over my life, why would you destroy something that's good that I worked so hard? Why would you allow it to burn? And literally week after week happened and I'm watching my, um, my revenue, uh, you know, go to um, break even from very profitable, go to break even. And then I watch it cross into the red for the wow. first time. And that's where I started to freak out. And I started to stress out. And then I went back to my little control freak who's very self-reliant and knows how to build things, rebuild things, uh, fix things, et cetera. And I applied everything I knew about business, things I had done in my first successful business where we hit multiple millions in revenue in 12 months. And I started applying those things into this business. And I said, well, what if I apply the, that success metric over there into this business, I bet that will work. And I did it and it didn't. And the more I touched things, the faster it declined my revenue mm. to the point where I got so gun shy, I wanted to stop touching things because revenue kept going down faster the more I intervened or tried to salvage and save the business. Mm. Does that make sense? It, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I want to say a couple of things there. Number one, uh, everything that made sense in your natural mind not only didn't work, it was anti-working uh, in a sense. And it reminds me of one of my favorite uh, Bible verses to quote on the show, which is that uh, God uses the foolishness of the world to confound the wise, right? He, his foolishness um, is wisdom and the world's wisdom is foolishness to him. And so even though using the world's wisdom had worked for you in the past, once you brought God into it, well said. your kingdom and your kingdom did not uh, mix well together. And so not That's only it. was it not working, it was going the opposite way. But then I also think about what John the Baptist said is that uh, I must decrease so that he can increase. And we're yeah, but see. why my revenue? <laughs> because that was, like, that was your identity. Uh, and you nailed it, Ryan. That's exactly it. See, I didn't see it back then, but I placed my value, my worth in my success and the amount of money and income I, ma I made, which as we know, many people do, very few admit. Right. And I did that. And God was taking away my false identity. Yep. So that he could give me my true identity Amen. that I could build a life around. Yeah. Right. And my false identity, that's why I felt so empty on the inside. I had no foundation. I had a bottomless pit, but yeah. no foundation. And until we get that foundation in God, like it's this endless futile search, you know, and it, it, resistance is futile. Like resistance to God is futile. It, it truly is. I didn't know it, right? But now all of a sudden I had prayed and, and didn't know what I had actually prayed for, but I started to experience it. this. I love what you said, Ryan. I sought the wisdom of the world, the business world specifically. I followed it. I did what they said. It made it worse. <laughs> God made me look foolish. Mm because I was listening to the counsel of others rather than his counsel. Mm. And that was, that was big brother. Right. So at this point I was like, I was doing uh, holy hours. I call them. Right. So I was spending an hour a day in silence with God in the morning and with a pen and paper and journaling and really just like taking that on and being like, really just seeking him uh, earnestly 
for the first time in my life. And he had allowed me to uh, get invited through some of my Baptist, you know, Southern Baptist friends. And they pulled me into this and they taught me the spiritual discipline. So all of this was like this cosmic storm all aligning, right? So I was spiritually seeking at the time because I wanted something more because I was so empty. And then I prayed the dumb prayer and then God came in and took over and everything's like falling apart. And it was just, I felt total powerlessness as a man, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as someone who prided themselves on being self-reliant. Joseph always got back up. Everyone knew that. And for the first time in my life, I couldn't. I didn't know which direction was up. Mm. And it was a total sense of powerlessness. And that's where God allows us to go, to hit our breaking point, the prodigal son moment, to hit our face in the pigsty yep. so that we could come to our senses yep. as a prodigal son. And I learned the proper translation of come to our senses in the biblical form or the ancient Hebrew, which is he came to himself or mm. came back to himself, meaning he came back to his identity. Mm. He had lost it. He remembered Oh yeah, I'm the father's son. Oh yeah, the father's servants, my father's servants have it better than I do right now. I should go back to him. And I had that moment of coming back to the father and just relying on him. And so I would lean into my holy hours, my quiet time with God. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, what's the the plan? Like my buddies are saying, you want me out. Like you're clearly destroying my company. There's nothing I could do to salvage it. Do you really want me out? Because I really need to confirm this. Even though all the evidence is showing me that he's answering the prayer. But I didn't want that answer. I didn't want to give up what I created. That's the key right there is that you talked about that. And you just said something I'd never thought about it this way before. But what I was thinking as you were describing this process of kind of getting to that point where you're Basically, the way I describe it is coming to the end of self. Yes, that's how I say it too in my coaching, by the way. We're very aligned in that language. Oh, that's interesting because then what you said after that kind of threw it on its head, but it's, it's actually, it's really to clarify, you were coming to the end of your false self, yes. that false identity, so that you could come to your true self. That's exactly it. So self, and- I call pride, ego, personal right. agenda. Self-effort, self-reliance, you know? Right, and this is where what Jesus calls us to, to die to self, die Mm -hmm. to yourself. What does he mean to go die physically? Absolutely not. He means lay down your ego, your pride, and your plans, your plans and schemes, hang them on a cross next to me, put them to death so that you can rise with me. Mm -hmm. And I can give you your identity in our heavenly father. And he could give you your plan for your life. And you could rely on him. This is what it looks like. Now, I didn't know all that, obviously. I'm on the other side of it now. Right. But I'll fast forward the story, okay? And it does have, have a happy ending. We love happy endings. <laughs> and so I really leaned in and, and I said my next uh, prayer. And I learned this and I now teach this in my coaching Most of us pray very general prayers to God, but expect specific answers. Yeah. God gives us specific answers when we pray specific prayers. 
I didn't know that back then. But I leaned in and I said it this way. I said, Father, if you want me out of this business and everything looks like you do, because everything I touch gets worse and I just can't fix it. If you want me out, then you need to make it clear. Otherwise, everything in me is going to try to fix this. It's what I do. It's what I've always done. That's my humanity. So if you want me out, then I was hiring new people, new salespeople to go out and generate business because Google Maps just wasn't working all of a sudden, right? Right. And I had done that very successfully. I knew how to hire. I knew how to train. I knew how to fire. I knew it all, right? So I said, I had 20 interviews scheduled that week. And this was right at, in the middle. And I had uh, 10 interviews come in. I hired three of them. And then two days later for their day one of, of uh, employment for 50 grand a year um, opportunity plus commissions, none of them showed up for work for day one. That's when I had this prayer, like what the bleep that should have worked. They thanked me for the opportunity. They were excited. They couldn't wait to start two days later. None show up, no call, no show. Didn't make any sense. So I prayed. I said, God, I have 12, uh, 12 more interviews scheduled this Friday. Okay. This was a Wednesday. I have 12 more interviews scheduled in two days. If you want me out of this business, here's what I'm going to do. Make it so clear that even my stupid brain cannot deny it. So anyone who shows up on Friday for the interviews, I'm going to hire every single one and start them for Monday, day one of, of work. Let none of them show up on Monday. And I will take that as a clear answer. You want me out of this business and I will obey. If one person shows up on Monday for work, I will take it as a clear answer from you that you want me to stay in and rebuild this. I made it very black and white. Now, some would say, Joseph, isn't that putting God to the test? I don't believe so. I believe it's, I'm leaning in to God. I will accept your will no matter what. Your will be done. But I want clarity so that I'm not doing my will or guessing, right? So make it clear what your will is. Yeah. So I did that and I prayed that. Dude, Friday, Ryan, Friday, two days later comes. I have 12 scheduled on the book, 50 grand a year position starting plus commission. That was really good, right? Opportunity yeah. in Tampa Bay at that moment. One guy shows up for the interview. Wow. I hire him. He declines the job. He said, I'm sorry. I had no idea this was a sales position. I was like, it said sales professional needed. How did you not? I must have overlooked it. I, I've been interviewing everywhere. Yeah, I'm not looking for that. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Take care. <laughs> and he well, walks out and I'm sitting there in the office, in my office space. And I went, wow. Well, that's it. You answered, God, you answered three days early. Clearly. And I said, I'm out. So I walked out of the, that office, my, my conference room, and I walked over to my um, community manager who ran our operation. And I looked her in the eye and I said, I want you to know I'm no longer coming in for work. Um, I'm leaving the business and I'm putting you in charge. Well, you can imagine how that's going to be received. Yes. <laughs> her jaw dropped. She's like, what? What are you talking about? I said, I can't explain it now, but I'm available by text. You're in charge of everything. 
make whatever decisions you think are right. I support you. And she, <laughs> she was literally having a freak out moment. I was like, have a, have a good day. And I walked out. <laughs> well, man, over the next few months, that's it. That was a, a nightmare of a storm as far as a, a experience for me. Hopelessness, despair. I felt it all. Did I make the wrong decisions? Self-doubt, everything. But I knew, I knew undeniably what I had experienced, what I had prayed for, mm -hmm. what the answers, how they came. Mm -hmm. I couldn't deny that evidence, even though all the feelings in me were like, God left you, God abandoned you. You're making the wrong decision. Don't let this fail. Don't let this crash. My investors were coming at me. Joseph, we thought you were a Christian. How could you just walk out on the business? You're obviously not a man of integrity. You're not who we thought you were. Mm. False accusations came at me. And rightfully so. It made no sense what I was doing. It was a contradiction to the world. But Jesus says, right, be a contradiction. This is what the way of Christianity looks like. God's way is a contradiction to worldly wisdom, as you said very rightly. So I'll just wrap this up, Ryan. Over the next few months, I took the false accusations. I took the hits and I leaned into my holy hour. It's the only thing I knew to do was spend that one hour a day, 60 minutes a day in the morning with God in silence. God, give me the strength. Tell me what to do. Where do I go? What's next? And he wouldn't show me anything next. Just rely on him. Rely on him. Trust him. He's got it. Mm. At this point, um, my investors and others, the business financially was declining so bad. They were like, we got to put the business up for sale before it's too late and we lose everything. So I took it to God. What do you want me to do? And I said, God, if you want us to sell the business, provide someone to buy it, provide a buyer. And the business did not look good financially okay, for the past three months. But before that, it was phenomenal. Right. <laughs> so... We finally, one buyer after the next fell through and it was just disappointment, disappointment. And then a buyer came and he sat down with us and he goes, Joseph, I've looked at all. And he was a very financially savvy guy. He's a numbers guy. He goes, I got to ask what happened up till three months ago. Everything was financially, man, I want this business. Are you kidding? And then three months, it, it's just crashing. Like what happened? And he was looking for a business answer. And I yeah. said, it was a defining moment. I, I, I was like, I knew he wasn't a believer. An Asian guy, just very business savvy, ran multiple successful businesses. And I said, I'm just going to be real with you. I'm a man of faith. Here's what happened. And I just walked him through the story really quick, ah. the short version. I, I prayed this prayer. God answered. I tried to fix it. Nothing worked. God wants me out. The business itself, it's a gold mine. God's taking it away from me. He's got something better. I have no idea what it looks like. Meanwhile, Ryan, on the inside, I had so much doubt that God had something better for me because he hadn't showed it to me yet. All I saw was what I was losing, but not what I was gaining. Wow. Yeah. And that is it's dying to self. It's a death. You feel like your, your sub part of you is dying. And it was, it was my false identity. Like you said, it was dying, but it's all I knew. So it felt like I'm dying. 
So I said this to him and he just leaned back in his chair and you can imagine what's going through this guy's mind. Who says this in a business acquisition? Who says that they prayed to God and God took it and he's taking it and boom. And, and he could just see it on me. I wasn't making it up. I was genuine. I was genuinely sad. And I was around my investors, right? Everybody's in the room. And, and for me to say this, and I know none of them believe me. And I just had to say what's so. And he just leaned back and he was like, okay, well, I want your business. And I said, listen, whatever God is doing with me has nothing to do with you. You're buying a very profitable residual uh, net income business. It's cash flow, and it's automated and you're going to do very well with it. And I wish you the best with it. And you're getting it very inexpensively. And I sold that business for 10 cents on the dollar. Wow. And that hurt dramatically, painfully. And God asked, do you still trust me? Mm. Do you trust me even now? Mm. Do you trust me even now? What about now? And I did and I had, and I was so far in, the only option was to trust him further. <laughs> Yeah. To go to the cross. It was the only option because you're already be beaten, scourged, bloody. You're not going to recover from it right. at this point. So you might as well go to death like at this point, right? That's how I saw it. And I know that sounds so weird and foreign to so many people listening. But just know when you ask for big things from God, sometimes you got to give up big things. Yeah. And fast forward, uh, he took the business. We sold it. I took my measly little check. And uh, I said, God, what's next? And over time, he showed me he wanted me to do spiritual coaching, family transformation coaching. Um, turns out I had a natural raw talent for it and skill set and take all my business savvy, everything, and pour that into helping uh, highly high, high achiever uh, business owners um, heal their broken relationships in their family in their marriages, in their businesses, in their parenting, in their relationship with God and show them how to lean on God like I did and to go through that storm like I went through, but to not do it alone. I would be there with them and I could show them the way out. I didn't have someone do that with me per se. So that's what I do now. And it's, I absolutely see miracles happen in people's lives every single day, every week. And I'm just like, I get to participate in this. This is phenomenal. Right. And I'll end on this. I now work very few hours a week. <laughs> and in the past, I worked two hours a week, but I was completely unfulfilled when I did it my way. But now when I completely surrendered my business, my finances, my life to God, I now work very few hours and I can, am completely fulfilled in what I do. And that's the better way. That's what God, that's God's best. Yeah. Amen. That's all I got. Oh, that's so good, man. There's so much in that. And uh, we might have to have a follow-up interview because uh, I'd love to hear more details of, you know, um, we got the before picture pretty well articulated, um, showing people more on the the after picture or the current picture, if you will, um, is, is really good. Cause obviously we are sim our stories are so similar. It's kind of scary. Um, you know, that's a very similar journey. And 
but you're right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely kind of more like that Asian numbers guy. You know, that's how my mind naturally works. And that's a, that's a gift that God's given me, just like he gave you um, a gift of uh, business savvy, but it has to be yielded and submitted to him. So the way I talk about it a lot of times is just what you said. It's, you know, it's that dying to self. It's the investment, the principle of the investment, you know, and anybody knows you make an investment. You have to give something up first called the principle so that you can yield the return, which is going to be uh, ideally a good investment, a lot more than the principle over time. But you're initially parting with something in order to gain more of it back. And that's, there's just kingdom principles woven through that whole thing. But what I define in my book and in, you know, the podcast and, and a lot of ways that I talk to people about this is um, the principle that I heard in your story, it's certainly the case in mine. The thing we have to give up is self-effort, self-reliance, just the false self in general, so that God can give us back that, you know, current stream of income and then the huge payoff of appreciation and asset sale, um, you know, the bonus of eternal life, if you will. Um, but we've got to give up that principle by um, letting the false self die, stop relying on our own human wisdom and strength and start embracing walking by faith, embracing God's grace and rest so that he will do even much more. And I want to get into the much more for you at a separate time. So it's going to be fun to dig into that story. But that is just a really powerful story, Joseph, on so many levels. Um, I hope you guys are really hearing this and really um, taking this to heart. And I'm sure that uh, your business is, you know, I'm sure you're not living a life of poverty right now to, to do what you're doing. You know, you don't have to, it's not either or, it's both. And if you will let God lead that process. That's well said. And let me just say this, that principle of letting go of self-reliance to coming to God-reliance, there's a very critical principle in the middle to make that transformation. I teach it in my coaching. I coined it a term called the, uh, the surrender principle. And that's what I teach, the surrender principle. And it's not surrender in the world's eyes, physical surrender, dying white flag, giving up, losing a battle, being a loser. It's not that surrender that we all run from. But in the spiritual realm, it's the very thing Jesus calls us to, to surrender your ego, your agenda, your plans, yourself, right? So it's spiritual surrender. And that's what I teach people how to do. And most people have never been taught how to do that. That's why they struggle with that. I wanted to say that. To answer your other question, yes, financially, the business is rocking. It's doing great. Is it doing as well as if I take back control and want to go back to, well, I could, I could scale this even faster. I could do this faster than you, God. I could definitely do it faster, but not better. Yeah. I could do it faster. I could do it, but not better. And but I would be taking back a control and not being surrendered to my heavenly father. And then I would go back to what, you know, anxiety, stress, um, that the feeling of the weight of the world on my, my own shoulders, trying to control my own destiny. It's exhausting. Yeah. I was so exhausted mentally, spiritually, emotionally, etc. I do want to say a funny little thing here. I left out in the story. As uh, you know, I had that meeting with the, the Asian number guy, right? Who became the new buyer of our business and we got acquired. Um, you know, it takes a month or so of, you know, 
paperwork and stuff to close on on a business, right? You know this if you've been through an acquisition. Well, during that month or so, all of a sudden, the business revenue turned back on, on its own. (laughs) All the leads, the phone calls started coming in. The people that were running it who couldn't close sales for their life, my community manager who hated sales, hated it. Um, She couldn't talk people out of handing them, handing her their credit card. No, I really want it. Like, here's my credit card. I, I want to pay that much. I need the office, et cetera. And she's like, okay. So she literally just became like data entry of like sales. That's amazing. And, and, and I'm like hearing this from the peripheral. I'm at home, yeah. like sitting on my two hands, like waiting right. on God. And I'm like watching the business and the revenue go back up. Cause I still had access. Cause we had an unbeliever, by the way, bro. I watched our business revenue in the, the, the last month that I was in the business, as I'm signing the paperwork, our business revenue hit an all-time high that I had never seen or experienced oh, myself. Right. And it was so bleeping insulting to me, yeah. to my ego. And I was like, God, really? Really? And it was him showing me. He did that. Yeah. There's no other explanation. There is no other explanation because nobody turned back on the faucet. Right. And the force to turn back on and then yeah. hit an all-time high for no good reason. So I just wanted to really give God the credit here that That's- God is real. God is powerful. Yeah. And God is a loving father. Yeah. And it may not sound that through most of that story, but a right. loving father disciplines his children right. when they're hurting themselves. Yeah. And causing harm to themselves and others. And I was doing that in my life. And if you're listening to, to Ryan's show right now, ask yourself, are you hurting yourself right now? Are you hurting your spouse? Are you hurting your kids? God wants more for you. God's best versus your best. Yeah. So you can have that better life, but it's going to look like surrender for yep. sure. Wow. That's so good. Um, you know, that is, is such a perfect example of what I try to showcase on here are things that from a business perspective, make absolutely no sense apart from God. And I say this a lot. I can't take credit for it. I believe it was John Maxwell, though. I can't definitively uh, attribute this quote, but um, I love it because it says that our lives and I would add our businesses should demand a supernatural explanation. Yes. And that, I I mean, I can't, I have never had a more clear example of that, I think on the show. And again, it sounds negative, right? It sounds, uh, it sounds like, oh, well, that's, that's not good, but no, because what we think is good. um, You know, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. And the more you double down on your dysfunction in your business, which so many people do, which I did many years, uh, the more you were going to be accelerating your demise. Yes. And so what God did was actually mercy and grace and wisdom. And I'm excited to see the what's coming in the future, because the more that you sit on your hands and don't try to accelerate it and don't try to, you know, put your own, uh, you know, little uh, twist on things in this business God has you in, uh, I'm pretty sure that's going to be much, much more profitable, enjoyable and influential than what you had before. But it's got to be God's ways and God's timing. So I'm excited to see what that is. And you caught me off guard with some really great questions last week when I was on your show. Uh, Normally I give people the heads up of this question, but I'm going to just catch you uh, on the fly here. 
Um, but in closing, what I like to do is just um, for you to share uh, a declaration of faith on the podcast right now for something that you are believing for, but haven't yet seen. So making those uh, declarations uh, as if they were true, right? Uh, walking by faith, not sight. What is something, Joseph, in your business, in one of your clients' business, your life, whatever it is, what is a bold de declaration, one of those, uh, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals or whatever that sounds crazy, but that you want to put on the record? And I will tell you, Joseph, be prepared, just like you were after praying that dangerous prayer last time, because I've had multiple follow-ups when people have done this and we've seen incredible things, absolutely miraculous, no other way to explain it kind of things. So uh, make it count right now. What is a declaration you're going to make by faith right now on the record of something that you want to see? Sure. I had Mark Victor Hansen on my, both my shows. Uh, he's the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. He has sold over 500 million copies of his book. Wow. He is one of the all-time greatest book marketers in the world, still alive right now. I put him on the spot and said, Mark, I want to co-write a book with you. Say yes. Wow, that's bold. It was bold. But we were talking about doing big, bold ass. That's his whole thing right now. Yeah. So I put him on the spot and he said, okay, we'll write a book together, right? Wow. So I don't know what that's going to look like or anything. However, I started writing the book on my own and um, 38 chapters out of 40 right now complete. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. Praise God. So I've been using the pandemic for good and it's wow. a book to glorify God. And it's everything I have learned in business, um, in my spiritual coaching, in my relationship coaching, um, broken relationships to healed relationships, all of it, everything I teach my clients, all the tools, the exercises that get them real results and miracles in their life. I'm putting in this book. So my declaration is this, I am a mega best-selling author. Amen mega best-selling, and I'm going to sell millions of copies of this book that are going to transform millions of lives by bringing families back together, by healing family relationships. This is the number one attack of the enemy is yeah. to break the family apart. If he does that, he breaks society apart. So I am gaining back territory for God in that area and, and ripping the, that territory from the enemy. And we're healing families and we're building a new society together that is going to come back to God and glorify God. And I'm mm. going to do it through my book and mm. God is going to do it all. I'm just going to create the access for people. Wow. Love it. Perfect example of a bold, uh, defined specific prayer. Cause we know the power of that, obviously. So I, I see an agreement with you, man. And uh, if you guys are listening out there, you know, the, the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered. We don't have to be physically in the same room. We can be over Zoom or listening to, you know, a podcast as you're driving in the car or whatever you're doing right now. But just uh, in the spirit, we can agree on that and God's going to do it. So uh, your heart's in the right place. You've gone through the journey. And uh, I think he has a man of a faithful heart and faithful hands who's going to take that influence, you know, and that increase to um, expand the kingdom and share uh, these incredible truths that you've shared with us so far. So I want to, I want to follow up more at a future date um, to talk about what you're doing now, because that's a whole story in itself, I'm sure. But in the meantime, you've piqued my curiosity. And for anybody who's listening right now, who's interested to learn more about what you do, how to connect with you, your coaching practice, uh, your podcast, how can they get a hold of you? Well, let me premise it this way. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? 
Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems hmm. permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. Hmm. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. And it's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You could schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Right. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be right. coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Yep. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy. Awesome. You said some really good things. As a coach, I can tell you that's really important. You know, you, People have to be in the right place because we can lead a horse to water, but we can't make him drink. And I've learned the hard way, you know, I can't be more invested in somebody's success or breakthrough than they are. So it does sometimes take you guys, if you're listening, it takes sometimes a pretty deep humbling and brokenness. Like Joseph shared, like I shared on his show last week about crashing a helicopter and reaching that low point in life. Um, you know, you're sometimes, uh, you're not quite done digging that hole yet. I hope you are, but if you're not, that's okay. So those are some Great points you bring up, Joseph. And um, anyways, I got encourage you guys. Uh, I'm super intrigued. I'm sure I'll be talking more with Joseph offline and hopefully with another podcast in the future. But check out josephwarren.net. Um, powerful coaching and transformation practice. And uh, a lot of, as you heard, uh, despite <laughs> God's supernatural intervention, a lot of business savvy and experience, which is important, right? Like that's what I'm, I don't like to water down just because somebody's got a good heart and they're a Christian. Like I need to see that, you know, the gospel has results, you know, grace has results. Paul talks about this um, and we see it in his life uh, and obviously in Jesus's life. So, I mean, Jesus, uh, Joseph's got the results. He's, he's gone through the journey and he's come out the other side. So I'm excited to connect them. Hope you guys are too. He's got an awesome podcast. You'll hear my story um, on our show that just went out on Friday of last week. So um, looking forward to hearing how that intersects with uh, both of our audiences. And as we keep partnering, I have a feeling, Joseph, this is going to be uh, an ongoing relationship, like you said uh, last week. And uh, we got so many similarities, but 
really appreciate your time, your vulnerability in sharing all this. Um, and like I said, guys, um, you know, this is real life. This isn't just, you know, stuff we learned in, uh, you know, divinity school or, you know, a textbook. This is uh, real life, but it is, it is true and it's real and it's good. And so I encourage you to check out what Joseph's doing and uh, write in, let us know how this impacted you. If you've got a story or a testimony to share of how God has impacted your business and where you have a story that demands a supernatural explanation, just like Joseph, I'd love to hear from you. Go to a betterwaypodcast.com, write in, let us know. I've got a nominations form on there. Uh, I can never get enough good interviews. And um, just let us know if you've been encouraged by this in some way. Uh, that I can't tell you how um, how much that means to me. I'm sure it's the same for Joseph. You know, this is our life's work. We put our, you know, our whole being into this. And I can't even tell you how encouraging and life-giving it is to hear the results. And then who knows where that's going to lead. I've had several people who did that. And then I interviewed them and interviewed somebody else. They interviewed me. So, you know, you never know what God's going to do. It's just one simple act of reaching out. So I yes. hope you enjoyed this podcast. Joseph, thank you so much once again for coming on and sharing your story with us. And we can't wait to hear more of it. And we will see all of you guys next week on A Better Way. Make sure you go check out Ryan's show, Ryan's episode. You can find it at Broken Catholic. So just look up Broken yeah. Catholic on Spotify, iTunes, and uh, check out Ryan's story because you're really going to learn things about him that you didn't know. Uh, really connect with him in a very deep human way. And Ryan's a, a significant human being uh, who's really building up God's kingdom, I believe. So mm -hmm. for all your listeners, Ryan, I just wanted to acknowledge you. Yeah, appreciate that. Is um, When they go to josephhorn.net, will they be able to see uh, links to your podcast as well? That's correct. Yeah, just click on podcast. You'll see Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. And your first 100K is the business show. Uh, and that's a top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship if you want all those business ah, tips and strategies. Nice. I didn't know you had that one. So that's good. So you got two podcasts and then you got your coaching practice. You can find it at josephwarren.net. Yeah, we had an awesome connection uh, last week. Obviously, that's why we're <laughs> following up two days later to have this interview but um, yeah, guys, just let us know. Reach out to Joseph. Reach out to me. Let us know, um, you know, how we can help. And also, if you have, uh, you know, a story from your life or somebody else's, you know, that uh, we could interview because, uh, you know, something I recently learned about testimonies. I've always loved testimonies. I've always focused on them as a teaching tool, um, as well as encouragement. But uh, I, I've said this many times before: a testimony is a down payment on the next one, you know, and that's true. Hmm. But what I also just recently learned was the Hebrew word for testimony means do it again. And so what I like to say now is yes, it's a down payment, but uh, I got another layer of this revelation, which is when Joseph or me or anybody else is sharing their testimony, we're not just sharing our past. We are telling your future. If you'll believe. That's good. Yeah. We're speaking life into the body of Christ, right? Exactly. And we need that right now, as everybody knows. So yeah, super excited to hear for the next testimony and the next and the next. So we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to A Better Way. BC Nation, did you know that depression is spreading 100 times faster than COVID right now? And suicide rates are higher than ever? Listen, God's healing power is available to all his children, but no one is teaching people how to access it but I am. Broken Catholic is now giving talks 
across the country and across the world. My message is the freedom that Protestants and Catholics have been waiting for. If you want me to come speak to your Christian community in person or via Zoom, visit brokencatholic.net to learn more. That's brokencatholic.net.